That is what we get when we call Block Talk Radio to ask them why the time does not start correctly. It's 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and talking about you with Estra is going to start on time. Thank you for listening to Talking About You with Estra, Session 8, Episode 13. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate your time and look forward to sharing information, ideas, and comments. It makes us all better people. And remember, still searching for a a new phone number that will work whenever it's called. So we're going to continue on with our topic of who is listening to you? How do you get elected officials' attention? Have you thought about that? Or have you even tried to get their attention? Has it worked? What's gone on? Well, today, we're going to actually, before we actually start giving those calls to our elected officials, we're just going to do a little review to make sure that we're going to have all the information and we have knowledge about their situation in our minds. So, what I want to start with, well, actually, I wanted to also talk about something I found today when I did a search. Typically, when I do a search on insured civil rights legislation, which by now you all know is very important and close to my heart, and that's because when you're involved in a car accident and you get hurt and you actually don't get the treatment that was promised, from my perspective, it causes a lot of chaos in a lot of people's lives, and particularly the families, children, the people injured if you're an adult, or if you're children, it can still be very traumatic. So I always go out and try to do a search on insured civil rights to see what it's going to come up with. And one of the first things I always notice is how they always are able to try to put things down at the bottom of the search engines you don't want seen. And what they put at the top, they do want you to see. So, go out there and start doing those searches on Estra Seattle Insurance Civil Rights Legislation because that's the only way you're going to be able to bring it up in most cases. These hackers know how to bury stuff online. In fact, if there's something close to your heart that you want to fight for, go see where it's rated. Uh, As far as, you know, when you do a search where it comes up. So, when I went out there, there was something new, which was to my surprise... And it said, and it's actually from Florida's Atlantic University. And it says, for insured civil rights legislation, because that's what the search was for. It says, to pay on behalf of the insured all sums which the insured shall become legally obligated to pay. Subject to stated exclusions arising from employment, discrimination, civil rights acts, or rehabilitation acts. That's what you see, and I was actually shocked because after so many years of doing that search, I've never seen that. So maybe, maybe there's getting progress there, but I wanted to point out a couple things that's very important and why we are fighting for insured civil rights legislation. The first thing is it says it's the insured shall become legally obligated to pay, right? Obligated to pay, right? So the the insurance company's obligated to pay you when you're paying premiums, right? But this is what I talk about when you I say fine uh, print. 
when I say start looking for the fine print, there's a reason to look for the fine print. It says, subject to stated exclusions. And that's what's in that little fine print they don't want you to see. Stated exclusions. When that happens, anything goes. Stated exclusions, they might have things about we're going to actually make you a surveillance target for, who knows, seven years, nine years, ten years. You know, it's, it's an endless list of things they can do when they're trying to keep the money themselves instead of give it to, giving it to policyholders. But those were the two things, because those are the two key words, or actually three key words here, legally and stated exclusion. So I want to read, th read this again, just because I was stunned to go out and find it. It says, and it's also by Florida Atlantic University, it says, to pay on behalf of the insured, the insured is you, the policyholder, all sums which you shall become legally obligated to pay. That sounds kind of strange the way they worded that. Because you're not legally obli obligated to pay anything but your what? Premiums on a regular timely basis. Okay, Ob obligated to pay subject to the stated exclusions. Oh man, why does Congress allow that to happen? Those stated exclusions. There is something seriously wrong when they're able to do that. Stated exclusions mean we promise you the world, but we won't give it to you if we can avoid it. That's what those words mean to me. But anyway, I wanted to actually just start with that because I was so surprised to see it. But one of the things that I want to uh, ask you is how important is it for you to get your questions answered or support by your elected officials? That's whether it's local, state or federal. I think it's very important. And so I wanted to go back. I'm only going to do a quick review because you know how I can get into a topic and go on. I just want to highlight some of the most important article information on articles that we've actually gone through. And I wanted to start with Dexter, and I think there's a couple of them. And it's, it starts at the very beginning. What is democracy? A democracy is a government run by the people. Each citizen has a say or vote in how the government is run. Okay, so that's that one. Number two is there are two main types of democracies, direct and representative. Okay, so direct is a direct democracy is one in which every citizen votes on all important decisions. And the second one is representative representative. Re representative. I don't know why I have a hard time with that one. It says, this is where the people elect representatives to run the government. Okay. And then the only uh, third uh, section I want to hit really quick here is democracies in reality. I think that's really critical because you can have a theory, a dream of how democracy, democracy should be, but what are you living in? What is the real democracy that actually goes through? So, democracy in reality states, only the very wealthy can afford to run for office, leaving the real power in the hands of the rich. And I think in America, that is something that's definitely going to have to change. Voters are often uninformed and don't understand what they're voting for. What I have to say about that is pay attention to all of the ads that they have on television. First of all, know that they're not by people who are actually 
the average citizen. These are people who have wealth, and they're, they're using their money to try to convince you to do what they want to do, not for you, not for us, but for them. All right, I'm trying to try to limit my comments, too, because I have a few of these I want to get through. And it says, uh, like, democracies in reality, that's what we're talking about here. It says, two-party systems gives voters few choices on issues. And that, I think, is wonderful to have Bernie Sanders in the independent mix. Because Lord knows, with what we've been seeing democratically and Republicans, is not what this country's founders were thinking, at least from my perspective. And then the last one, internal corruption can limit the fairness of elections and the power of the people. Welcome to 2018. I think we're seeing this one in full force. And I was listening today of to a show where someone had, an actress, is, I can't pull up her name, but she's decided to take some time off from acting in order to uh, work on getting our system a little less corrupt, which I thought, we're really taking this to heart. We've got lots of people out there wanting to do things that are right to help us. And that's good. I hope you're one of them. Yeah, you can do it. I believe in you. Get up. Stand up. Fight. That's what it's all about. American democracy only stands or even only lives when we choose to actually do something. So that was just a, a summary of one of one of the articles I just wanted you to keep in mind. The next one is on the Legislative Information Center, and I know that every state should have one. But I want just to, uh, to say a couple things on that. It says it offers free classes, so don't worry about paying it. You already pay it in taxes locally or federally, depending on which two uh, classes you're able to get into. It says offers free classes to the public and to state agencies on, on, on understanding the legislative process and navigating the legislative work site. And the actual classes offered, at least at the Washington State one, which you can actually go to, by the way, understanding the legislative process. The other cl another class is navigating the legislative website. I don't know what it is about websites and the way people think. That's why I will personally be very happy when more people of color are employed in technology because sometimes the way these things are designed exclude people of color's <laughs> way of thinking and that's a problem. Uh, this is not just how white guys think anymore. This, this should be inclusive for everyone. And so if you're out there in the tech world, realize that the way in which you may be designing your systems don't make any sense to most people other than white guys who are doing the development. So that's just a thought. The third one of the tutorials or classes is called Advanced Legislative Website Use. Okay, so that if you're advanced and you want to know a little bit more, go out there and hit that button for that class. And the last one on this one is testifying at committee hittings, hearings. Sorry. And that is really uh, an interesting class to me. <coughs> so go ahead, go out there, take a look at the classes and tutorials and, and get involved. This is for you. It's, there's no excuse. It's free, right? All you need is a computer. Don't have a computer? I bet almost every state in this country has a computer at the library for people to use so don't let it stop you and if you don't know anything about computers that's okay still go to the library because they have usually classes to teach you how to use it so don't give up don't give in just keep on going now the next one i'm just remember on these articles 
pointing out the highlights that I think is really important for you to remember. And this is the one of my favorites from yesterday. It was the Spark Notes in this co Congress's summary. And it talks about what is lawmaking? It's the primary function of Congress is to pass rules that allow Americans... Actually, it doesn't say... Let me try that again. The primary function of Congress is to pass rules that all Americans must follow. And that's a function called lawmaking. Number two is representing the people. Congress represents the people of the United States. Members serve their constituents, which is you, the people who live in the district which they were elected from. And then it has trustee representation. According to the theory of trustees repre representation, the people choose a representative whose judgment and experience they trust. Right? I talked about those three a lot yesterday. Sociological representation is, according to the theory of sociological representation, the people choose a representative whose ethnic, religious, racial, social, or educational background resembles theirs. And number four is agency. Representation according to the theory of agency's representation, the people choose a representative to carry out their wishes. So I hope you took a, a little time yesterday and thought, which one am I? How am I doing it? And is it the best for me or the best for the country? So... Whichever one works for you is good as long as you vote. But please remember, you have to hold these people accountable. Because if you don't, it's going to be a problem. They're not going to do what they're supposed to do. Alrighty. And then the next uh, one, I'll have to go back through and give you, because I've just gone through, I've, I've marked little places in the articles, and I did not give you the names of uh, the articles, who wrote the articles, so I'll have to go back and do that. So the next section here, it says, people with the average levels of income have almost as much influence on politics as the rich people in many Western countries, but not in the United States. I just, I can't get this around. We're, we're talking about all these countries and doing things in ways that help the citizens on an equal basis, and yet we as the United States isn't doing that. that you know, that kind of gets my goat, to be honest with you. Okay, another one I wanted to review, it says, quote, A majority of adults also believe that ordinary Americans would do better jobs than elected officials solving the country's problems. This may help explain why two-thirds of Americans also voice the view that a democratic system where citizens, not elected officials, vote directly on major national issues to decide what becomes law would be a good way to run the United States. Not a bad idea. Somebody willing to take that up, that might just be a good task because obviously our Congress has issues. Don't believe it, start looking at how they're doing in their operation. And let's not even talk about Kavanaugh. We're not going to even go there. Okay, this other part, this, uh, in this next section, it says, quote, The disease is localized within the Republican Party. Which is why, if indeed American democracy is in a death loop, any solution must not focus solely on ousting Trump, but on punishing and reforming the GOP. Can I get an amen? I sincerely hope so, because they have truly been an embarrassment 
for the last two years, in my opinion. I'm going to quote this one because it has the gentleman's name, and I probably still will mispronounce it. Yasha Monk. It says, quote, People no longer feel that the political system is actually delivering for them. I think there are three primary drivers of the rise of populism. One of them is the stagnation in living standards for ordinary people. From 1935 to 1960, the living standard of the average American doubled. From 1965 to 1985, it doubled again. So where is the money now going? Who's getting the money in 218? Okay. Uh, or 2018, actually. That's a very good question. It would be nice to know who's really taking the money. I mean, Wall Street today is supposed to be having an outstanding day. Most citizens are not, don't have anything in Wall, in, in Wall Street, though. So what's happening for the average person? They aren't receiving anything. It's Wall Street, big corporations, that are, are making the money. So where does that leave poor people? Poor. What's going to happen when they start raising more uh, daily living or quality living things that you need, like food, rent, you know, transportation? People who don't have anything are going to be left out in the cold. Is that you? Have you been left out in the cold? Are you tired of being left out in the cold? Are you tired of them just making you feel like you're still in slavery in 2018? Well, guess what? You can do something about it. Get on off that thing you're sitting on. Say, I'm going to start learning about the political process. Yeah, you got time. I know you got time. Just take an hour a day. Spend it learning about what is going on locally. What's happening in your town? There's a lot of things you can learn about and make decisions to do. And then guess what? Bring your friends. Bring your family. Bring strangers even along with you. Yes, it's that important for change. I think there's one or two more. I guess there's one more article that I wanted just to make sure that you kind of got an idea on. And let's see here. It is, quote, it says, Members of Congress are widely viewed as overly beholden to corporations, wealthy donors, and special interests. Oh, you were not in there. Aren't you a citizen? Let me see. Let me read it again. Maybe I missed you. Members of Congress are widely viewed as overly beholden to corporations, wealthy donors, and special interests. So did you know that the Kavanaugh election to Supreme Court is about special interests, wealthy donors? So they can get all the money they want. And what will you be doing? Be left out in the cold. They don't even care what you want. What did, what did the GOP end up coming from that doesn't even care about what you care about. How did they even get in there to be elected? There is something seriously wrong with that picture. Don't you agree? When they're more interested in getting Kavanaugh elected so that they can get what they want. But not for you. Not for the country. But for them. Something's wrong with that. that. But Michael Avenatti's got news for him. He broke out some new information today on one of his clients. And the stuff he was talking about really does turn my stomach. And if it comes to be true, which Avenatti says he don't play, 
he don't play, and that's probably good, that it's going to come out to be true. And that will be a sad state of affair because it will make us wonder about all the other Supreme Court justices. We already know about, oh, what's the brother's name that most people don't like? Ah, you know, there's only one brother on the Supreme Court, Thomas. <laughs> so you know, we're going to start saying, who are these people being elected? What kind of character, content of character do they have? Do they know what con content of character is? Maybe they don't. Or maybe the GOP doesn't. Because if you look, who's the one who actually put these people with integrity issues on the bench? Was it Democrats? Democrats did not go there. But Democrats still need to stand up. They need to learn how to fight. We don't have time for people who are going to be playing around, t uh, just tipping around the issues. We need somebody in there that's going to fight. And the good news is we're starting to put people in Congress that will. So let's just add a few more that say we are for and by the people and we stand with their choices, not with Wall Street's choices or lobbyists' choices. And I'm still amazed if you go and you look through Congress on any level, that's what I've been doing, going to see how many things has been brought up about the insurance industry. Has anyone challenged the insurance industry on how they've treated us? If you see a single article, article on this, please send it to me because I want to see it in black and white where the insurance industry isn't just owning everything about our elected officials. Because obviously, we have a lot of problems with people not being paid and people are being hurt all the time because they're not getting what they need from insurance companies. And it's not necessarily just auto insurance companies. A lot of flooded systems, a lot of uh, houses in Washington State uh, were sliding off. And have they been paid? I mean, we can look at a lot of places that had insurance all over the country. They're still suffering. They've actually had people come out to inspect and send information to their insurance company about it, and, and they come back with denied claims. Something's wrong there. We don't need that. I don't need it. Do you need it? The question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and just be sad because the insurance company denied you? Or are you going to get out and fight and say, we don't want these kind of people in Congress who do nothing about the things that make us, uh, that are hurting and making us suffer. We need somebody in there who wants to do the right thing. So that is all of those, which I'm glad to say. Let me go ahead and give you the names, though, of where those came from. It was Dexter, Legislative Information Center, Sparknotes, Washington Post, the Hill, New Republic, Fox, and The Guardian. So thank you to them. Remember I say go out and subscribe or, or register, do whatever you need to do to help them to keep writing articles that matter to us. Because if we are not going to pay them, guess what? Wall Street will. And what? Then those articles will be more about what they need than what we need. So thank you so much for those articles and that information because Lord knows it takes a lot of work. So what are we going to do? Today I'm going to take time to read you. I'm always talking about insured civil rights legislation. So I'm going to actually start and read those to you. I have a couple articles. They're written by me. 
Uh, be sure to go out to my website too, estrascarwreckhelp.com. There's a lot of information out there. Please share your comments. I also have a blog, estraseattle.com. Please go out there, read the, the articles. Let me know if they're meeting your needs. Anything that you want to add, I would just love to hear from you. I thank you for being a part of the show. It matters to me daily. And it matters to me that you get the information you need about what's going on in our society today. And also in particular about auto insurance or you having a car accident. And not just being terrified what's going to happen to you. I know it's hard. I know you're thinking, can I keep my job? That's usually people's most fear because we get our income from what jobs you have no job you have no income you have families that you need to protect it's hard to do without money and it's also easy for people to manipulate you when they know that you're afraid so instead of being afraid I have another option for you go out there and decide that you're going to find information to support your claim things that are happening or just join me on estruscarwreckhelp.com and deciding that we need to make changes in uh, legislation at a federal level. And why on a federal level? Because when it's on a state level, they can decide whatever they want to do. And it's not equal, it's not fair, and it does depend on how much money they're getting from their lobbyists from the insurance industry. So we need to change that. We need to make it so it's fair and equal for all and better settlements and benefits are given out. Okay, so for insurance civil rights legislation, I'm going to start with uh, justice for the policyholders. And that's what this is really about, justice for the policyholders. And I say, quote, insured civil rights legislation provides people involved in a car accident with the protections of their benefits and settlements. Currently, inequality of power between the insurance companies and the policyholders placed people in car wrecks at a disadvantage, allowing denials of promised contracted help. We, as insured, can change this by legislative change that is fair and equal in all states. Unfortunately, it's not right at this moment. You know, it's amazing how <laughs> insurers, hackers will do anything to try to get in on your attention. They've, they've, but that's okay because personally, I, you are more important to me. And no matter how many dings or phones or things they cut off, we're still going to go on. My, one of my favorite sayings is never give up and never give in. All right, I'm going to go on here. Currently, inequality of power between insurance companies and policyholders place people in car wrecks at a disadvantage, allowing denials of promised contracted help. Remember earlier in the show we were talking about those stated exclusions? That's what I'm talking about. You don't think so? Get in a car accident. One of the first things they always ask you about, by the way, which isn't, I don't think, in any of these articles I want to talk to you about today is they want you to fill out forms and why do they want you to fill out their form first of all they hope you you might be lying on them and then they can just totally disregard your claim or they think that they're going to use that information so that they can catch catch you up so they don't have to pay you so always remember that any forms you fill out for the insurance company they're not out for your best interest and they're not interested in finding out the truth they're looking in my opinion at least they're looking for ways to deny your claim so just don't let them go there with you okay it says 
It's time to end the suffering caused by unfair practices against injured and disabled. And by the way, if you're disabled, I know it's sad and I know it's hard. Nobody wants to feel like they're disabled, but I got news for you. We all have strengths and weaknesses no matter what, whether we're injured or not. And we have to choose by what we've given or what we've got or where we are to just keep moving forward to teach ourselves, to improve ourselves, and most importantly, to love ourselves. If you're disabled, you look in that mirror and you say, I love you. I love you where you are right now. I love you whether I have money. I, read, I love you no matter what is going on in my life. Okay? It's important because this is where the empowering you starts with loving yourself. So remember that. When you say I love you and you look in the mirror, mean it. And if you don't mean it the first time, keep saying it until you do. Because it's important. It'll help give you the empowerment to do the things to protect yourself and hopefully a lot of other people. All right, I'm going on on the article. It says, when was the last time Congress thought about you as an injured person dealing with a car accident issue? Have they cared about how your life is going? Because most people are suffering up a storm. Not only are they injured most times and suffering with pain, they have financial problems too. And particularly if you think the average, I can't even remember where I heard this from, where they talk about the average person in the United States has less than $400 in savings to help them through any emergency they might have. Can you imagine that? $400 is not even a lot, considering most people's rent are three or four times that much. Let's not even talk about how much they cost for food on a monthly basis. Gas to go to doctors. I mean, the list of uh, what $400 can do is pretty darn short. All right, let me go on here. Have they cared about how life is going? Have they protected you from bad faith insurance practices of auto insurance companies, employers, social security disability, I'll add another one, long-term disability? So bad faith, watch, to me, bad faith stems from those little bitty fine print kind of things they put in those contracts that most of us pay no attention to. And why is that? I mean, we're not going to get hurt. This ain't going to happen to us. We're invincible, remember? Yeah, until it does happen to you. So, yes, it can be auto insurance companies. It can be employers. And remember that you need to pay attention to the policies your, insur your employers are giving you because a lot of times now employers, they've gotten the hang of this. They'd rather be your insurance company. And why is that? Because most times at the end of the month, and remember, everything's squared up at the end of the month, most people aren't injured in an accident, so they get to keep that money. They get to keep the money because you were not injured. But Lord help you if you do get injured. Most of them only going to pay out, by the way, 20% of that claim. So if you think you're going to get about $3,000 a month, you better take that down to 20%. And then worry about how you're going to get through life on, the, on anything <laughs> less than that. It's, it's, it's kind of on the sad side. Let me go on. It says, Congress gives insurance industries protections and subsidies. Did you hear that? Congress gives insurance industry protections and subsidies. It doesn't give you those. Do they need them or do we need them? What do you think? Do you think that these billion-dollar insurance companies need those things? I don't think so. What do you think? There is much public 
publicity on health insurance while auto disability and life insurance concerns are just as blatant. It's time to speak up on these issues. In other words, all we often hear about is health insurance, health insurance. I'm not sure what you've experienced, but from my perspective, health insurance has treated me a whole lot better, of course, until late. That uh, they've got a gap in Medicare, not good. I wonder just how many people are not getting their meds when instead of having to pay $50 for them, they have to pay $300 for them. And God forbid it's $600. How many people do you know on Medicare that who can afford $600 or $300 for one or a single one of their medications? And if you find them, let me know. I'll congratulate them. But most of us are pretty broke. And pretty broke people can't afford $300 or $600 for medication. So that as makes me ask the question, how many of us have died? Because we aren't able to get the, uh, the, the medicines that we need. Okay, so there are a few problems with health care. But in my opinion, we should not ignore the auto insurance, the life insurance, or long-term disability. And in particular, ERISA, which to me gets away with far too much. Okay, Congress provides special tax breaks for all insurance companies. What? Okay, let me say that again. Congress provides special tax breaks for all insurance companies. Do you hear legislators talking about benefits they have given to insureds? No, we don't hear. It's real quiet, but it's a lot of money. Perhaps it's due to policyholders being left out and must survive in the best way you know how without the help promised by these companies. Can I get an amen on that? I bet I could get lots of amen if you could actually get in and the hackers would stop blocking the show, right? <laughs> but we will prevail. We will go on. We will fight. We will get what we need. So you just hang in there and I will too. says far too many injured are on the losing side and cannot get the support or fair claim process after a collision. Why is that? Let's go back and talk about the exclusions and that fine print. Ugh. It's devastating to us. All right, I lost my place there. Let's see. Congress, this is Congress, do something about this injustice. If you can do subsidies, provide tax breaks, and listen to the insurance lobbyists at every turn, one would think you could take a moment to consider the needs of policyholders. I think I can get another amen on that one. Why would they just listen to the lobbyists? I mean, every time I go to Olympia, I haven't gone there often. I don't have to. I have it in my mind, for one thing. And I see the legislators building, the insurance building, and the Social Security building. We need a building there. We need somebody who's speaking for us. State-based systems have failed policyholders. How are state-run agencies competing against global insurance companies with enough power and influence to stomp out any legislation state initiatives can bring forth. So in other words, even if the states are trying to protect the policyholders, the federal lobbyists are actually getting in the way of even those improvements. It says here, uh, how are state-run agencies competing against global insurance companies with enough power and influence to stomp out any legislation state initiatives can bring forth if they too have not fallen under the controls of Wall Street. So I guess Wall Street thinks America's their company, their country. We, we're just here to be the worker bees or the talker bees, whatever the bees we could be. <laughs> Something's wrong with that from my perspective. 
All right, let me go ahead and get into the next part of this article. It says, imagine life appearing like a bad dream. Not a good one, but a bad dream. Will you ever wake up? And if you did, what if it was worse than the dream? Ooh. A split second and all it takes, a split second is all it takes for this to happen to you. In other words, to be in a really bad accident or some traumatic event. Thoughts move in slow motion. Decision making becomes cloudy. And the support systems you believed in existed uh, just disappear before your very eyes. What now? How much do you know to protect yourself? How will you survive without income? What happens to medical care if you run out of money for co-pays? Questions upon questions compound problems on top of injury and recovery. Welcome to a day in the life of a policyholder forsaken by insurance companies or employers. So many stay silent hopeless, disillusioned, and don't know where to turn. And that's one reason why we're actually doing this show. Who is listening to you? It's so important who's listening to you. But if the wrong people, or the right people, depending on your perspective, aren't listening to you, what can you do about it? I'm going to go on. This is truly an opportunity to draw from within, to stand on courage, to stand your ground, and let the truth fall where it may. So if you call this week your elected officials, tell them what your concerns are, what your problems are, and they do nothing. When you go to the voters booth in November, which is coming up really close, you'll know they're not the ones for you. You just let those voters, those uh lobbyists and Wall Street people vote for them. Let the real people vote for people who are really going to help us and protect us and do the right thing about our insurance claims and don't stay sit idly by while families are suffering. So don't be surprised if things fall on the side of Wall Street. They're the ones who set the rules and indeed orchestrate strategies in their favor. But they don't have to be the only ones. We've seen how our marches and our organization and things we can do online can change outcomes. We can change these outcomes. We can make them more fair. We just have to choose to stand up and fight for them. That's our choice. It says, learn about insured civil rights legislation to help change unfavorable, unfair decisions against policyholders and bring balance back to a system partially in full view for all to see. We all know what's going on. We've all talked to people who've been hurt by bad faith insurance claims. Now it's just time for us to act. We must do what we need to do. And that means to stand up for insurance civil rights legislation. In fact, Washingtonians, it's going to happen. You're going to start seeing insurance civil rights legislation forms and signs saying, and if you want to be a part, be sure to subscribe to estruscarwreckhelp.com, and we're going to actually put it on the ballot. We want people to know what's going on because it's hidden far too often, and they have shame-based tactics on policyholders, kind of like with the Me Too movement. We need to come out. Let's not stay hidden and behind, shamed, embarrassed, hungry, sad, abused, 
intimidated, become surveillance targets, bullied online, bullied in the street. We don't need that. We can change that. Are you ready to change it? Because I certainly am. If you're ready to change it, go out right now to astroscarwreckhelp.com and sign up and subscribe. I need you. Your city needs you. Your country needs you. Come out and be a part. Because this won't change without us. And it's seriously needed. Alright. Actually, you know, I can't believe I only got through one of the articles. Let me see how... Because the other ones is just as long as this one, too. I may have to save that one for tomorrow. And then we'll go on and talk from there. I just can't believe how fast time goes. I personally would rather just have a long, long, long time to just talk. But if we did that, <laughs> I don't know who would get tired first, me or you. But no matter what happens, remember we are in this together, you and I. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow. And I have a surprise for you. So make sure that you get here. And if they keep harassing and trying to block the conversation, remember the information will still be posted later on in the day because I personally am not going away. Thank you for your time, your interest. Make sure that you have a great day today, and I'll see you tomorrow.